tonight's um, Garden of Amuna class is called Faith and Journeys. This week's Torah portion is called Maseh. It lists the 42 journeys that the Jewish people took leaving Egypt, going into, going into Israel. So it was 42 different journeys. The Baal Shem Tov, I believe it's the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov has a teaching that every single Jew in his lifetime or her lifetime goes through 42 journeys. So when the Torah says, these are the journeys of the Jewish people that they traveled leaving Egypt, going to Israel. It doesn't just mean that which happened in the year 2448, but it means also you and I in the year 5771. In each one of our lives, we go through 42 journeys. Interesting. You know, sometimes when I, uh, when I think about this teaching, I try to count the journeys, <laughs> know where I'm up to. It's hard to know. It's hard to understand what, what a journey is. And uh, in the olden days where someone was born and lived their entire life in the same shtetl and maybe never left their shtetl, what was the journey? To the post office. So we're going to talk about journeys today. We're going to talk about journeys. We're going to talk about emunah and why emunah, faith is so important in order to be able to take journeys. So let's first begin with the definition of a journey according to Kabbalah and Hasidut. The definition of stability and mobility in Hasidut, we've been taught. I believe that I've shared this with you once before. The definition of stationary does not mean that you do not evolve. Angels are called stationary, and they continuously evolve. Then why are they called stationary? Why is it that only a neshama, a soul, is possible to be called mobility? And to understand this, I want to just uh, explain to you that in the world of Kabbalah, mahalach, to move, to journey, to travel cannot be the way we walk. Because the way we walk, only one foot is moving at a time. Which means you're always connected to the previous place. The definition of mobility according to Hasidut and Kabbalah is when both feet leave the ground from place A and move into place B which now explains why angels do not have the power of mobility. They are, by definition, omdim. The prophet calls them omdim. They stand in one place, they're stationary. Because an angel can never go against his own characteristics. You will recall that God sent three angels to Abraham, and our sages explain why they sent three angels, because there were three different missions. One was the mission of healing, healing Abraham. One was the mission of bringing good tidings that they're going to have a child. 
and one was the mission of turning over Sodom and Amora. Three different missions which come from three different attributes. One is the attribute of kindness, Malach Mechael. It is a Sephardic custom to give charity in the number of 101. Why 101? Because if you do the numerical value of the word Mechael, which is the angel of chesed, kindness, which is the ministering angel of the Jewish people, if you add up the word Mechael, it equals 101. Mechael is the angel of kindness. He was the one that came to give the good news to Abraham and Sarah that in one year's time, they're going to have a son, Isaac. Then came the angel Rephael. Rephael comes from what word? Refuah, healing. So his job was twofold. His job was to heal Abraham from his circumcision. And his second job was in the same vein was to heal Lot by saving Lot from being killed in, I'm sorry, not the, um, Lot, yeah, I'm sorry, Lot from Sodom. And the third angel, Gavriel, from the word Givurah, strictness, was the one that was going to turn over Sodom and Amorah, which, by the way, will explain why three angels went to Abraham and only two angels wait, went to Lot, because the angel of healing had no more work to do. Now, the simple question is, why didn't God send one angel and send one angel to do all three? Angels can multitask. And the answer is because they cannot do anything that is contrary to their very genetics, which make up their characteristics. Angel Michael cannot do an act of strictness. Angel Gabriel cannot do an act of kindness. Because Gabriel is on the left side, which is Gevurah, him and all his myriads of hosts of angels, and Raphael, and then Michael, they all have their own definition. They can only do what they do. They can't do anything else. Unlike the human, which the power of the human is to be able to do something absolutely contrary to their very characteristics and definitions. Let's take an example. Avram Avinu, we are taught that our patriarch, our father Abraham, did not fully reach the level of mobility until the 10th test. Abraham was given 10 tests. What was the 10th test? The 10th test was whether he would be willing to slaughter his own child. Now we're talking about Abraham or Havi. Abraham is love. Abraham is chesed. Imagine Abraham to kill a human being, how much more so to take the life of his own child. We're talking about Abraham, who he was the one who went and spoke up against human sacrifice. He spoke up against what human sacrifice is, what kind of God can ask for human sacrifice. And then God tells Abraham, I have one more test for you, human sacrifice. Not only human sacrifice, your child.
your own son. And in Kabbalah and Hasidus, we're explained that this, what Abraham was able to actually bind his son and place his son on the altar was only because Abraham completely removed himself from kindness. Was any drop of his kindness, which was his genetic makeup, it was everything he lived for. If any drop of his kindness would still flow through him, it would be impossible for him to have picked up that knife about to slaughter his son. This is the definition of mobility. Laha'atik, to completely separate yourself from who you are and what your makeup is and to do something 100% contrary to who you are. This is the definition and the only definition of mobility. As long as Abraham kept on evolving within his chesed, even when he went from the lowest level of chesed to the highest level of chesed, in Kabbalah we're taught that midat ha-chesed, the attribute of chesed in the world of Atzilut, came to God with a complaint. When Abraham passed away, he said, as long as Abraham was alive, I didn't have to do my job. Abraham did my job. He was the absolute embodiment of divine kindness from the world of Atzilut. And now, he's not in this world no more, after he passed away. So Abraham was the absolute embodiment of chesed. That's what he was, period. And Avraham Avinu, as he grew and grew and grew in the attribute of chesed, he was still called stationary. One of the explanations for this is that if you have a chain, even if the chain is a hundred miles long, the last link and the first link are ultimately still connected. And thus you can say that link number one million and four and link number one are actually stationary. They're both on the same level. Within the same level, they have grown, but ultimately they are of the same level. And therefore, if they are of the same level, then it is by definition stationary. Thus, you now understand that as long as you're growing within your comfort zone, as long as you're growing within what comes naturally easy to you, some people are more of the police personality, they're strict. Some are more of the kind personality. Some are more of the compassionate personality. Whichever it is, as long as you're doing that which comes natural to you, regardless of how far you've taken that, you're still considered stationary. Becoming mobile is to do 180 degree turn, contrary to everything you are and you've done. Now we're experiencing mobility. So as introduction to this class, as introduction to this class, I just want to define what the word journey 
really means. The word journey does not mean that I went from fractions to algebra to geometry because that's all still within math. To quote a teaching we have in our sages, the great Rabzeira fasted and fasted that he should forget the methodology of the Babylonian Talmud so that he can begin to learn the methodology of the Jerusalem Talmud. Because they are total opposites. One is process of elimination, that which we call the rebound light, and one is the direct light. So Rabzeira fasted. He didn't go from elementary mathematics to college mathematics. He went completely diametrically opposed to everything he's been trained in. That is called mobility. So even if you take who you are to the umpth degree, at some level, you're still stationary. Because you've never stepped out of your definition. You've remained within your definition. Grown leaps and bounds, but you've remained within your definition. So what we're really explaining over here is what the word journey means. Journey is not growing in who you are. Journey is being willing to step out of who you are. And now we find out that there are 42 of such journeys. Those of you who've dabbled with Kabbalah, you know that 42 is a very special number. We have a special prayer called Anna Bechoach, seven verses, six words in each verse, 42. 42 in the world of Kabbalah is elevation. It's from down up. It's leaving who you are, going up. That's why in Chabad we're extremely careful. If you look in the Siddur, you'll see at the end of each verse, there is the initials of all the verse, which is the seventh quote-unquote word, and you don't say it, you look at it, because Malchut, the seventh Sfirah, is the receptacle. The mission of life is to bring heaven down to earth, to bring it down here. So we add on that, what we call Rosh Tevot. Put that aside for a moment. We're now understanding 42 journeys. 42 times we're asking of ourselves to step out of who we are. So I want to share with you a story. I've said this story on high holidays many times. I will admit that until very recent where I came across the story again, I never really fully understood the story. I'm not suggesting that I fully understand it now, but I realized that the story never hit home until very recently. The story you may call it a corny joke, and you probably all heard it before. The man is standing, leaning over the cliff at the Grand Canyon, and he falls, and he's grabbing onto anything, trying to save his life. He grabs onto a branch, he's hanging over there in the air, and he calls out to God, 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 please save me. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do, just please save me. And a heavenly voice comes out of heaven and says, Really, Mr. Goldberg, anything I ask you to do, you will do? 
And he screams, yes, God, yes, God, just save me. And the heavenly voice comes out again from heaven and says, Mr. Goldberg, leave go of the branch. You hear quiet for a moment, and the next thing you hear Mr. Goldberg scream out, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> that story, when you think about that story, it fits into exactly this series of classes. We talk about faith. God asked him for faith. God asked him to leave go of the branch. And he looks down and says, what is God thinking? I don't see no net. And he cannot picture leaving go of that branch. It's interesting. I told you that I've repeated this story many times, trying to drive home. We have to have faith in God, that which we don't understand. But in my heart, I, I myself struggled with that. Well, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, you think in pictures? If you think in pictures, picture it. Picture hanging over a cliff, holding onto a branch, looking down, seeing nothing but who knows how many miles and very sharp rocks. And then God tells you, if you want me to save you, leave go of the branch. I never fully understood that story until I just read it in an article written by someone who was a recovering addict. And he explains what the story meant to him. You see, his branch was his addiction. Whatever it was, alcohol, drugs, whatever it was. See, his branch was very simple. Whenever things got off kiln, got into a fight with his spouse, had a problem at work, things were too good, things were too bad, the only thing that ever made him feel normal was whatever he had an addiction to. So when he started getting jittery, when he started getting you know, bent out of shape and he couldn't function, he needed a beer or two or three or four or five to be able to function. So to that specific person, the alcohol was his branch. Because before alcoholics are destroyed by their alcohol, quote unquote, First, there's a stage where alcohol is the only time they could function. And then, in recovery, they told him, leave go of your branch. Don't touch alcohol. To him, not touching alcohol and being able to make it through the day was exactly like Mr. Goldberg leaving go of the branch. So I, I'm not running a, an AA group right now, but I wanted to explain that. And by the way, I don't say that in, in any humor. I don't say it in any humor. The 12 steps and these programs, I have the ultimate respect for them. It's a very amazing what's in them. There's no question that Bill W. and the other doctor, these guys had a divine inspiration. God used them to bring us something. But with that being said, Think about what the word journey means. Think about what it means for Abraham to leave go of his branch. Avram Avinu's branch was love and kindness. And just like God told Mr. Goldberg to leave go of the branch, and just like in recovery, we asked the recovering addict, leave go of the branch, God asked Abraham, the holy Abraham, Leave go of your branch. Because the branch that you hold on to 
in order to connect to me is chesed, kindness. But am I any more kind than I am just? Am I any more just than I am compassionate? So if you're stuck to a branch, then you can't be connected to me because then you're committing idolatry. You're giving me a form and shape. God is kind. Yes, God is kind, but God is also just and God is also compassionate and so forth and so on. So asking Abraham to do something that was absolutely contrary to everything that defined who Abraham was. Mind you, he wasn't at the beginning of his career. He was 137 years old, known throughout the entire world. Known throughout the entire world as the ultimate man of kindness. And all of a sudden, CNN has got footage of Abraham taking his son. They're going to slaughter him. Papa's going to slaughter son. What happened? Has Abraham gone postal? That's called leaving go of the branch. It's leaving go of the only thing you know. That's called taking a journey. That's called taking a journey. 42 journeys we all take in our lives. 42 times according to this teaching, God asks us not to continue being who we are, but God asks us, are you willing to be what you're not? Are you willing to leave go of the branch, Mr. Goldberg? Easier said than done. Much easier said than done. You know, I took upon myself that these classes, instead of going up Kabbalistically, they got to start coming down, <laughs> packed practically. So I want to just give you a practical imagery, if I may. I was standing here in this, in the shul here, a whole story with a certain boy, a bar mitzvah, came here and like, and then I'm watching his younger brother. It happened the day of the bar mitzvah that morning. His younger brother stands. I don't know if any of you ever did this. I have tried. So I'm going to tell you I have trust issues because I cannot do this. But have you ever had someone standing behind you put yourself straight and just let yourself fall straight back? I'm always, that foot moves back. <laughs> it just moves back. This kid, I guess, does it often with his brother. And without giving his brother warning, he did it. And his brother caught him and said, why are you, you tell me? And I looked at that young little boy with a touch of envy. Leaving go with that branch is kind of, I just wanted to give you a practical imagery because most of us can't really picture ourselves hanging over the cliff in the Grand Canyon holding onto a branch and hearing God's voice telling us, leave, go. But let's, let's picture for a moment what that would mean with absolute trust that the person behind you is going to catch you. It's not easy. It's funny. Picture it. I don't know if you ever tried to do it. I don't know if you ever played this game or not. You know, It's not easy. The definition of journeys demands 
faith. It demands leaving go of what has worked for you for so long. That's what it means. This worked for you. You're X amount of years old. Yeah, I know every woman in this room is 21 and the men are all different ages. But what does happen is whatever you've learned, we've learned it as a kid. Have you ever watched a baby? Have you ever watched a baby knows exactly what button to push with which parent? Figures it out immediately. This parent you throw a tantrum with. This parent you give the goo goo eyes. This parent you just plop yourself down and listen. It's such a young age. We figure out what works, what keeps us alive, what helps us grow. This is very practical. I was talking to a group of high school girls, and I told them, flirting with the salesman works. If you go into T-Mobile, and you want to walk out with all the accessories for free, and you're a female, there is a 98% chance that you will. Yeah, us men pay for it. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I'm just trying to explain. I was telling these girls, it does work. And then you realize that even though it works, maybe you want to leave go of that branch. But then you start worrying. If I leave go of this branch, then what do I have? That is the definition of a journey. The definition of a journey is that if God tells me I'm standing right behind you, fall back, you fall back. When God tells you, leave go of the branch, I'm going to catch you. So when we talk about journeys, when we talk about journeys, we're not talking about, oh, I had an act of faith today, I just went and I didn't know and I didn't have gas in my car and I didn't. I'm not talking about that. Those are good stories and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about telling God, this is my shtick. It always works for me. And now that I know that you don't like this shtick, I'm going to give up this shtick and I'm going to do it differently. That's all. Yes, I spoke to the men about flirting. I mean the women about flirting. We'll talk to the men. How many of us men know what works for us? Huffing and puffing and blow the house down. You know what? Let's not try that. Let's do it differently this time. But how can I do it differently? She's going to take advantage of me and the top of the You know that bumper sticker? I think it's uh, by men. It's a huge nightmare. Bumper sticker says, don't take my kindness for stupidity. Many men have that type of complex. I don't want to be taken for stupid. I don't want to be taken advantage of. And if I'm nice, people are going to think, so forth and so on. We all have our branch, is what I'm trying to say. And a journey means to take both feet off the ground, leave go of that, and go a different route. Try something absolutely different. You've developed one of your characteristics. You're a kind person. You're a straightforward person. 
you're a strict person, you're a no-nonsense person, you're an in-the-face person, whatever it is. Let's take a journey. <laughs> 41 left. <laughs> so guys, that's what I wanted to share with you today. I wanted to share with you today that the definition of journeys is what life is all about. And what it means is that human beings are not angels. Angels are what they are, and that's all they are. Human beings are a compilation. In the great Talmud, you'll find that Hillel is always lenient, and Shammai is always strict. In Kabbalah, we're taught that Hillel comes from the first branch of the menorah, which is chesed, which is kindness. Shammai comes from the second branch of the menorah, which is strictness. Here's what's interesting. Seven times in the Talmud, Hillel is strict and Shammai is lenient. I'm not going to tell you, yeah, the number seven is very interesting, but I'm not going to tell you that this is a fact because I didn't see this. And if I didn't see one of the Rebbe's write this, I can't tell you it's a fact. But I want to share with you a thought. Just a thought. Take it at face value. I think that these seven times where they switched is what lets us know that all the other times it was divine and not human. Because if they can't step out of their box, then they're not teaching me God's Torah. They're teaching me their Torah, which fits into their personality. But the seven times that they went contrary to their personality tells me that their entire journey of Torah was not about what's comfortable for them and what fits into their characteristics. Just like in Tehillim, we say that God told Abraham, please, it's a whole interesting verse, and the interpretation is that God told Abraham, please, pass this tenth test so they won't say the first nine tests weren't real. Now mind you, I don't know if you know the first nine tests. One of them was getting thrown into a furnace because he wouldn't bow to an idol. <laughs> so if he's not willing to kill his son, that means he's getting thrown into a furnace was a joke, right? So what does that mean? But now you understand what it means. You see, until the tenth test, God was asking Abraham, how far are you willing to be you for my sake. In the 10th test, God asked Abraham, are you willing to be not you for my sake? And it's the 10th test that made the first nine tests real. I think it's these seven arguments where Hillel and Shammai went against their characteristics, against their natural flow of perception, that makes all the other opinions that they had not about themselves, but about God. Let's say it this way. The one time that each and every one of us do for God that which is contrary to the very grain that we're made of, that's what makes everything about God and not about me. The challenge is, the challenge is, how do we leave go to branch?
I'm going to say something which I put into my notes for tonight's class, and I was pushing off saying it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but I'll say it. You know the history of our people? Those who weren't able to take a journey quick enough, those who weren't able to leave go of their environment, many of them got killed for no other reason that they didn't leave early enough. We have this in our history over and over and over again. Many of us really struggle to leave go of the branch. And when we don't leave go of the branch, we end up hanging there to death. Many times opportunity presents itself to us and we don't take it for no other reason than it doesn't belong to the branch I've always hung on to. Now, I'm not asking for everyone tomorrow to sign up for Nefesh Benefesh and make Aliyah, and if you don't do that, it's because you're not willing to leave go of the branch. And I'm not asking every one of you to quit your jobs the next time someone offers you a job which is opposite, because if not, you're not leaving go of the branch. No one's asking anyone to be crazy. No one's asking anyone to be reckless. But we are asking of each and every one of us not to think that the only God that exists in relationship with me is the one that fits into the branch I've always held on to. That's what I'm talking about. Because that is idolatry. So journeys is actually all about emunah. Journeys is all about saying the same God that made it work for me with this avenue will make it work for me in a different avenue. And the same God who's given me the smile that always gets me out of trouble will also find another way to get me out of trouble. The same God who has given me the opportunity to be able to use a certain talent and gift that he's given me to make a living when that's taken away from me or when the signs are telling me leave go then he will provide another avenue he will provide another way now I'm going to quote in closing something which is going to leave us not with clarity but I'm going to say it concerning the stories of the Baal Shem Tov it is said, those who believe that all the stories said about the Bashem Tov happened is a fool. Those who believe that the stories of the Bashem Tov that he heard couldn't have happened is a heretic. I'm saying that in closing to this class because I want you to know if you leave go at the branch for any little thing that falls by you, thinking, oh, God's sending me, he's testing me, journey, journey. You're a fool. But if you're not willing to leave go of the branch for anything and not willing to accept that God that provided this branch will provide many other branches, you're a heretic. So journeys is about faith. It's about stopping to think that God, in relationship to you, not that we're saying God has a form. No one in this room would say that. 
But we do say that with me, God has a certain venue that he's always worked with. That too is idolatry. That too is a form of idolatry. In other words, I must believe that the same God that has always worked through this venue can very well decide that for now, it's time for me to journey. He wants me to experience another branch that he planted within me. There's something waiting for me somewhere else. There's a different piece of me that needs to be developed. 42 journeys. <laughs> Get yourself your tefillah taderach and hold on to it tight. Thanks, guys. <laughs>